the DI Guys podcast was created to share the best ideas, strategies, and concepts so you can have conversations to help you exponentially grow your DI sales. While they may have lost their hair, they have not lost their minds. Here are the DI Guys, Chris Carlson and Mike Cogdell. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the DI Guys podcast. I'm Chris Carlson. I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Mike Cogdell. Mike, before we you know get started in our podcast, I want to ask you about your fishing trip to Alaska. Chris, first of all, thanks for asking. Secondly, it was one of the most epic trips I've ever been on. Myself and pretty much fathers from my kids' school, Aspen Academy, um, a long time, a year and a half ago. I won't belabor the point here this morning decided to go on a fishing trip, and a friend of mine used to guide up at this place called the uh, Ayakulik Lodge in Kodiak, Alaska, which is about as remote as you can get. You have to actually beaver plane in or helicopter, and then even from the beaver plane to get to the lodge, you still have to take a helicopter. So it wasn't planes, trains, and automobiles, but it was some interesting travel to get to the one of the most remote places. And I've been in a few places in my life, the remote, most remote places I've ever been. What I will tell you, is 850 silver salmon were caught in six days by nine men, nine guys. It was a guys. And we brought back 450 pounds, 50 pounds each. Those were filleted. If you've never seen a silver salmon coming to spawn in the river, because really what happens is they're spawning, and you know how that works. They come from the ocean into the Ayakulik River. They're going to go up and spawn, and they're going to die. So it's interesting catching them because I, even if you're the most ardent savior of, of, of any wildlife, Chris, every one of these fish that we caught and turned back, which was almost every one, is going to pass in the next – it's nature. is going to pass in the next week or so anyway. It was fishing with the bears, great friends, no mask because you have to be tested to get into Alaska COVID-free within 72 hours of traveling. Three guides, so 12 people for a week. If you had to take a vacation like this, Chris, there couldn't have been a better time during COVID. No radios, no phones, no politics, no COVID, just a bunch of dirty guys, not minded-wise, filthy dirty because they didn't really have hot water, so we didn't shower. All we did is eat, fish, sleep, and have a few cans of beer and hike and check out the bears and the Kodiaks, which leave you alone, by the way, even the guides that were there, which I found really interesting, Chris, don't carry guns. You leave the bears alone, they leave you alone. But I'll tell you, your first encounter with a with a Kodiak bear, the river's, say, 25 yards wide, and he's right across from you, or she, 25 yards away, eating fish while you're casting a line. It can be a little unnerving, but it was one of the greatest trips I've had. And by the way, weather-wise, I always like to talk about the weather. You could have had seven better days in Alaska if you prayed for it. So thank you for asking. It was one of the best trips I've ever had by far. Great way to have one year. I'm revived, if you can't tell, and rejuvenated. I can get through another six of COVID if I have to. So with that, let's get started, my friend, and thanks for asking. Yeah, I think some people are probably going to ask you for some pictures of that trip. So I, I so congratulations on the trip. Thank well, you. Mike, uh, what I want to talk about today is a concept that is not new. You and I have talked about it for years and years, and we passionately believe that it's the greatest opportunity in the financial services industry and the greatest opportunity in the DI industry. And that's the concept of a broker's broker. So when you think about what's going on in the world today and in the financial services industry, what are your thoughts about 
broker's broker. Chris, let's step back for just a second, if you don't mind, and why don't you do me the honors of explaining what, because broker, broker sounds like it'd be a tavern or something. So let's step back and explain to people what you and I mean and our definition of broker, broker, if you'd be so kind as to do that. Yeah, you know, Mike, it's a concept that goes back many, many years, and I'm going to go back before it even became popular in the DI world. As I remember back when you and I got started in the insurance industry, uh, it was the life insurance industry, by the way, and it was NALU as opposed to NAFA. And no self-respecting life insurance agent sold group medical insurance. So the people who were struggling prospecting for life insurance started selling group medical insurance. And it was much different back then than it is today. Well, next thing you know, those guys went from driving beaters to driving beamers. They became very successful. And the whole concept was is that they became experts and people started referring their group medical business to them and they, they wrote it and then they split commissions. Well, fast forward several years, when the disability whole world changed and distribution changed for the financial services industry, this concept of broker's broker and a, a DI specialist, you know, started to percolate. And the bottom line, you know, what it is, is you have an individual who is an expert in income protection, and he or she then takes their services to property and casualty agents, agencies, financial planners, insurance agents, anybody who has clients that need to have their income protected, they in fact become their DI department. And then they work out some type of commission split if we make the assumption, you know, that they, that the people who are referring them accept commissions. Obviously, fee-only planners don't do that. And then what has happened, and, and it hasn't happened enough, but you and I both know people who have been very successful doing this. These brokers, brokers, what we call them, the DI experts, have created phenomenal practices. And what's so great about it is, as we all know, is that disability insurance requires so little service work. And so it becomes the most profitable type of business that any type of producer could write. So I know that's kind of fast, but nonetheless, that's kind of how we think about the broker's broker. And to pile on just a little bit with the thought, the second place that I learned about it was old people's disability insurance called long-term care. So many people didn't want to become an expert in that, but knew this, this particular product, regardless of what it looks like, it had legs and it was going to happen and work. And most of the producers that I've worked with around the country over time, especially super successful, even the DI people I work with today, and a couple of them were on our summit earlier in the summer, they do not do long-term care. They have a broker's broker for all of their clients that will work that do long-term care. And it's, yes, I could become an expert in it, but I don't want to. And that's fair. That's absolutely fine. As long as my client's taken care of, I, 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 that's the number one goal for me. Fast forward to disability insurance when we know it's probably the least sold necessary, and I say necessary product out there for Family, individuals, single, no matter whom at a certain age, everybody that relies on an income, you and I would agree some type of income protection is important to them, should be important to them. Not having it and not giving the client the opportunity to say yes is where the broker broker, for me, one day the light bulb went on and realized that this is the way to go. I've got a friend that's got 500 clients and he just tells me over and over, and I've heard this, and Chris, you can probably <laughs> second this. 
I just don't do disability insurance. It's complicated. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know the nuts and bolts. You know, it's not my market. And I've always had the answer for it's not my market. And I used to tell people, if you say it's not your market, I say, what's it like to work with the unemployed and the homeless? Because everybody that has an income needs income protection. So to stop that and give people, clients, the opportunity to say yes is one of the places I see this is the broker-broker future. And the future can be in broker-brokers. I know people, and so do you, that are experts, absolute experts. I work with them. They do nothing but disability insurance for other financial planners, fee-based only, peer life insurance, salespeople. It matters not who. Property Casualty is my latest two people that work with my one of my broker-brokers that you know say, we don't do that. We do individual health and property casualty, but we understand that this is probably not a bad idea for our client. And you mentioned compensation, and the easiest thing for us was, you know what? Let's work out the compensation when we can agree that this is the right way to do it. So that being said, come up with kind of a plan. I guess you call it a roadmap to broker-broker success, that being the broker that owns that customer and that being the broker that's going to sell nothing but disability insurance to their clients um, if that broker is so inclined to do so. One of the places I've seen it not work, Chris, is, yeah, if I ever run across anybody, I'll send it to you. That that hasn't worked really all that well because, again, it's not in the broker, the broker that has the client base. It's not in their brain. It's not in their forefront. So typically that one is the client is asking, do you do disability? And it's a great Columbo, oh, by the way, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I got a guy. We've worked it out so almost all of your clients, we can identify your clients. We look at the client base. We see what their ages are. You know, I can figure out incomes just by typically almost, not always, but how much their homeowner's insurance is. You can get ballparks and start to, on property casualty guys, that is, and start to work a program where broker-broker becomes a win-win-win. I say three wins. Win for the client because they got the opportunity to say yes and protect their family. Win for the producer because he doesn't have to deal with something that he or she's not an expert in. And win-win for the broker that does disability. One, they do get paid like everybody, but they also enjoy doing it. So my little dissertation is that. So what are your thoughts? Well, it's it's a great point, Mike. And it, you know, what you're really describing there was mining a book of business. And I think so often what tends to happen is we forget how to eat the elephant, you know, which is one bite at a time. And we're right. not going to go in and mine a book, whether it's a financial advisor, whether it's a PNC firm, whether it's group employee benefit who doesn't do individual. I mean, you, you really have to have a systematic approach, as you had mentioned. And that really depends upon the makeup of the book of business. But once you understand the book of business, you can go in there and develop a system of going through the entire book and then marketing to those people. And obviously, Mike, I think you said something before, as opposed to if somebody asks the producer, they'll refer them to their broker broker. Whereas we're talking about is a systematic and a proactive approach where that entity, again, be it PNC, be it a financial advisor, you know, be it employee benefits, that they are proactively reaching out to their clients and introducing them to the disability specialist. And then the disability specialist has a process that he or she walks these prospects through to get to the end. Again, give them the opportunity to say yes, 
have a discussion if they want to move forward, come up with solutions, end up writing the coverage, and then, depending upon the agreement, some kind of commission split. And, and the money has never been a problem, Chris, straight up. I've done this with a few different brokers over over my entire career, and that's never become the issue. What what I find interesting is is a lot of times the retail, and I, I'm using the word retail producer, the, the person that has the clients, not the DI expert or the income protection expert, that has the clients is like, well, I don't know if I want to do that because then I look like I don't know what I'm doing. We've solved that too. It's called called transparency. I understand it. I'm not an expert in that field. I don't do it. I retain the services of XYZ to do this for me. So when this person calls you through an email or a text, please take their call because it's something that I feel is important and I want the best of the best to take care of you for me. So I retain their services. So there's no hiring, firing thing. It's retain the services. People understand that. It also takes that retail, again, the guy with the clients or the gal with the clients, they don't have to worry about a mistake being made. It's always been to me a myth that says, you know what, Chris, if I give you this client, you're going to screw up my life sale on a DI sale. I've never seen it happen in 31 years. I've only heard about it 8 trillion times, give or take, and I've never heard that really happening. The bottom line is somebody's going to work with you, and if they say, I didn't like this person's approach, it's like, okay, they never have to talk to you again. That's the world we live in. But giving them the opportunity to have an expert sit down with them, get through it, the broker, the real, the first line broker can be on the call, have as much or as little involvement as they want. As a matter of fact, over time, I've seen brokers become their own broker, Chris. And, you know, the broker broker understood that. In other words, the income protection guy said, my guy, this guy listened to me enough times and he's been doing it a year and a half, two years later. It's like, he's pretty good at it and he's doing it himself. I can live with that. I mean, there's so much out there to do. But the bottom line is is we need to get the word out to the general public vis-a-vis YouTube, you and I doing podcasts, that income protection is out there, it's available, and more than ever, it is necessary to have because we just don't know what's going to happen in the future has been proven by 2020. Well, Mike, let me ask you this question. You and I have been beating our heads against the wall on this, but why aren't more people doing this, do you think? Chris, that's a really good answer. And I, I mean, or a good question. I'm sorry, I don't have the answer to what I meant to say because I've worked with people that are income protection specialists and it takes, one of the things, it takes a while. You have to prospect for the, reach, the, the person that has the clients. You can find them. I can help find them. You can help find them. But I just think that it's silos. Does that make sense? Everybody gets into their own world and we stay there. And, and that's what we do. If you watch the CBS Evening News, you watch it for 10 years, even if it's the worst news, and I'm not saying it is, but I'm just saying you're a creature of habit, and I think that, you know what, it's okay to break habits. I mean, I managed to lose a few pounds this year. I'm proud of that because I kind of changed my eating habits, and I don't eat red vines every single day as a treat, and I just think that's all it is, Chris. I just think it's, again, you and I have talked about this for years. It's just a little bit of behavior modification because at the end of the day, who really is the victor in this is the client that gets the opportunity to decide how to spend their money, and if they decide spending their money is important for their family's protection in the world of income, then we should let them be aware that it exists. 
So uh, I just think it's behavior modification, and we'll continue to work on that road. And if anybody out there listening wants more or more information, they can get a hold of URI easily, and we can go down that path and tell you some of our procedures, some of our some of our ideas, and what what we think the future is because we think the future here is 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 really bright. Well, Mike, we're going to give our listeners a little tease in that we so passionately believe in this concept that we're writing a book called The Broker's Broker, you know, how to create the most lucrative practice in the financial services industry. And that book is going to be published on November the 2nd. So people can be looking for that at that point in time. We were going to go through step by step of the whys, the who's, the what's and the how's. So anybody who is interested in creating a broker broker's practice are going to, is going to be able to take this step by step process and turn it into something really, really special. I'm glad you did that for you and I, but anybody out there that has that, I guess I call it that book of business that isn't doing it. It's okay. All you have to do is get to know the broker that's going to be your DI expert, no differently than anybody else. And once you've established a little bit of trust, you listen to what is going on. And again, it's a, you, if you follow steps and procedures, you typically don't deviate off the map. You know what to expect and you manage that expectation. And then you can offer to your clients if you have, let's say 400 under the age of 50, all 400 under the age of 50 income protection. And you become that person that said, you know what? I get this is important and I've decided it's important. And it's important for you to listen to this person for a few minutes and maybe consider it because I didn't do it in the past and I've learned something. And I think if nothing else, my eyes were open in 2020. I like nothing more, Chris, in the world than when somebody tells me I've learned something new and I want to give it to you. And it doesn't matter if I should have done it before or not because tomorrow is tomorrow and yesterday you can't get back. So that's kind of how I look at it. That's one of the reasons it doesn't happen as well um, as you have me thinking here is I don't want to look like that guy, me speaking personally, that, well, I've had these clients for 10 years. I've never brought it up. As they say in this world, it's never too late. It's never too late. Well, Mike, as as I think it's probably pretty evident, you and I are on a crusade to make this a bigger part of many people's practice. And so we're really looking forward, you know, not only to working with people on both sides of this equation, but also looking forward to our book launch on November 2nd. Absolutely. If you've got questions, reach out to Chris and Mike. We're here. We're just here to help grow the DI industry as best we can just because it's necessary. And Mike, be prepared for, I'm sure, a lot of emails. People are going to want to see those those pictures from that fishing trip. Absolutely, Chris. Thanks. Hey, Have a good day, and we'll talk soon, Mike. Great, buddy. Thanks. Bye.